beyond the superficial, go beyond the noise, and Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products, working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world, focus skills and passion into innovative ideas, take control, become the engineer of your own life, transform product ideas into business realities. This is End Hype. Is your product idea trending or is it failing in 2021? Transform your product idea into a business reality. My name is Callie Keen. This is End Hype. All right, we're beyond goals now. We're we're into a more serious kind of listicle podcast talk, but uh Let's just look at this, right? I talk to people every single day about ideas, ideas that they've had, ideas that they want to do, ideas that they want to use to grow their business, start their business, uh, augment their business. And uh, I don't want you to waste time on doing things that you can't execute on, but I want to share with you some of the hot markets that I see or things that I'm interested in that I am putting my personal effort into, my personal tracking into, um, and, and you know, on the side, th- these are some of the things that I'm investing into, not just my money, but my time. And uh, I advise you to look into these spaces because they're either very popular because of what's going on in the world or the upside potential in the future is incalculable, right? So stick around. I'm going to share with you three, and then I'm going to share with you something that I think is really important for everybody, everybody out there, because, you know, I'm on Facebook live. I'm on LinkedIn live. I'm on clubhouse. Don't have networking events, but everyone that I meet, I am preaching the power of expanding your business, whether you're a service-based business you're selling coaching, you're selling plumbing, I don't care. I'm preaching the power of selling physical products. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and I'm going to I'm going to leave you on the hook there. So so little housekeeping before we get cracking, share this out, right? If I say something and that little gem resonates with you, share this out, right? Recommend this to a friend. Review it on iTunes, right? Let's get this thing going. I'm seeing some nice progress, but let's blow this thing up, man. We need to turn end hype into a movement. We need to cancel out all those bullshit fake gurus that are going around there telling, we were talking about right before this, we were talking about Forex. It's not that Forex is fake. It's that it's a lot harder to make money than a lot of people want you to believe. And there's some legit people out there, but there's a whole lot of scams. And that's kind of like this, right? I'm selling e-commerce. I'm selling products. And there's a whole lot of junk out there, right? There's a whole lot of people telling you that it's about that Wi-Fi bread, right? Make money from your phone. No effort. And I'm going to tell you that everything in life that's worth doing, it's a little difficult, right? And it's not just worth 
doing because it's difficult. You want to do it because it's a challenge, because that's how your brain is wired. That's just built-in neuroscience, stupid evolution thing. Your brain seeks out comfort and challenge at the same time. So I don't want to digress too much, but look, we're trying to create a movement and hype for us brilliant misfits that are saying hell no to academics that are telling us what to do that have never done it before. Hell no to business books that are filled with fluff and have no actionable information. Hell no to scammers and internet gurus saying that you're one simple trick away from millions. And we're saying hell yes to knowing the strategies, understanding the principles, and deploying specific tactical advice to make you money, grow your brand, offer badass products, and scale up your business, right? So, little rant aside, let's hop in to the things that I'm watching here for 2021. The first one is super close to my heart, and it it's manufacturing, right? You might think like, Callie, I'm not in manufacturing. I don't, uh, I don't know anything about manufacturing. Well, that's great because a lot of people in manufacturing, they don't know shit about manufacturing either. So look, a huge, huge opportunity in manufacturing is what we're going to see with sensors and computing systems and AI and machine vision and machine learning, applying all this tech to the manufacturing process to produce a next level of quality and automation. So if you think robots are cool, right? Manufacturing. If you think that sensors enabled with 5G and getting data is cool, if you think data analysis is cool, right? Manufacturing is a limitless source of high value problems. And it's very quantifiable, right? So if you can produce X parts and there's Y defects, if you can reduce the defects or increase the number of parts that are produced, you can create revenue for somebody. So this is why moderate technology, when applied in manufacturing, is very expensive, uh, opposed to like what you would see in a consumer good, what you have in your and for a phone is more advanced than what is in most advanced manufacturing systems. Right? The same technology, if it was applied in manufacturing, you're looking at a six-figure or seven-figure um, product, right? like a very expensive B2B product. And hopefully as adoption of technology increases and our ability, our capabilities kind of increase with with time, maybe that price will come down, but I think that people will be hungry for different applications, like moving this into uh, all those sensors and robotics and all that fun stuff. So I am definitely very, very focused on working with entrepreneurs that are in this manufacturing space, in the automation space, right, in the robotic space. So you think of highly engineered product being applied to high value situations, very focused on this. So I want to take this almost in the opposite direction, right? And this could be tech, it could be non-tech, but 
the beauty space is really, really, really hopping right now. From everything from eyelashes to athleisure, it is just going through the roof. And this is really interesting to watch this trend because you'd think that with people at home, why are they spending so much money on face masks or really fancy yoga pants or things in that space? And it's because people are stuck at home. They want to look good or feel good or they want to invest a little bit in themselves to feel like, I don't know, like they're they're going out, like they're doing something. So I see... I see certain areas in the beauty and if by extension, the beauty and wellness space doing very well. But I know that when the market starts to change, there's a huge swell of pent up demand, right? Pent up demand for going out. So you might see this in the fashion space. You might see this in the wellness space. So I'm really looking for what is trending in that beauty like like arena right now. And I'm looking at kind of where I think that there's going to be pent-up demand. So as the vaccine comes out, as the market starts to change, as people feel a little bit more comfortable traveling, what things in that market are going to go from dull to explode, right? So the issue with beauty is that there's a lot of cheap, low entry products, right? There's things that the space is incredibly crowded. So if I wanted to get in that one, uh, I mean, I'd sell a product that aligns with me. So I might sell something for my beard or something for men just because that story appeals to me. It resonates with me. It resonates with my audience. Uh, but that's just my personal preference. I always think that um, I always look at something where I know my avatar really well. If not, I am my own avatar, like the old version of me and the new version of me and the future version of me. Like in that story of transformation is what I'm selling into. And I understand my avatar because I was my avatar. I love that. And I think that, um, that plays really well in beauty, in fashion, in wellness. But in that space, there's these entry-level products. I want you to look at those, and if you've considered those, think of this, is the demand is ultra-high for that product. If you, and, and that's why it's so popular, and it's easy to sell. So like, what can you do to differentiate yourself intensely from those already popular products. You know, if you know that eyelashes are super popular, what would be an innovative way to approach eyelashes cuz you know that people are buying them cuz it's so commonly sold and drop shipped and uh, there's whole scams around it and there's you know it's just like infinite, right? So if you know that the thing is popular, that is an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity ripe for innovation, especially if you look at these situations and as we change as the market changes, uh, our perception, our needs for those products could could shift. So, uh, I'm really looking. I'm really looking at that, and I'm definitely very interested in tech-enabled beauty products. And you can see that with uh, a friend of mine, the most curls. You can see what she's up to. Don Myers. She's been on the podcast. Hopefully, I'll get her 
uh, on her very busy schedule to get her back on the podcast soon. But um, the level of innovation in this space, again, so a top, top market, one of the most, uh, one of the highest grossing markets that's out there. All right. And the level of innovation is very low, low from a tech perspective. So it's like manufacturing in that, in that regard. It's like, it's everywhere, but uh, in beauty, the competition is in the marketing space and not in the innovation space. So there's lots to do with innovative business models and innovative products. So really interested in that. Um, and then that segues, that's, <laughs> segues into my third category, and that is products that enable us to have a better life while working from home. Right Now, this is a genie out of the bottle situation is that we thought it was going to be two weeks. It's not going to be two weeks. It's going to be forever. A lot of people are now, they want to work at home. You know, so that means that more people are buying standing desks. More people are buying little risers for their laptops. More people are buying the footboard that goes with it. More people are buying microphones or cameras, right? And you saw that with how often these products have been sold out over the last year. So initially... Initially, people bought the products that they absolutely needed, right, just to get by, to be able to work from home. And then as people became accustomed to working at home, they bought some products that helped improve that experience slightly. Um, maybe they bought standing desks. Maybe they bought a little little way of fixing up their house, right? But as we as as this whole market segment stays around, People are going to be purchasing products that enable them, facilitate them not going insane while working at home. They're going to buy them on purpose. They're going to seek out those solutions to the problems of working at home. It might be a noise problem, right? It might be any number of things that bug you. So if you're listening to this and you've had to work at home, make a list of the things that that bother you. Look at the everyday products that you would need in the office that you don't really get at work that would make that working from home experience a little bit better. That might be connecting with coworkers. It might be, I don't know, I don't know. Like it might be making a I, IoT vending machine so you can get the snacks just like at work. I don't know what it is. That's what you're going to do, right? But I'm really interested in this space because the market dynamic has shifted forever the products that are available to the market haven't caught up to the requirements of the market, right? People thought at first that they were going to be stuck at home for a little bit, so they got desperate. They just bought the existing webcam so they could use it. Then they bought things to slightly improve their experience, but we haven't gone to this being the way things are done. So there's not products that were home-ready but office-grade, right? So they're not professional and then could go to go to the home. It's just, it's just not there. There's very high end products for creative people to mess around with. Like you can get a really cool keyboard, right? But that might not be what your average office worker wants. So definitely very interested in that space. And then as a overall, we're seeing some market demand trends. Of course, 
This is a great one. USA made. So as a U.S. manufacturer, hell yeah, buy something that's in the U.S. There's a little mini rant for you. If you're designing a product and you want it made in the U.S., make it of a price and quality that you can provide a living wage to people in the U.S. Don't make cheap garbage because then you're passing your virtue onto somebody else's like indentured servitude, right? And you're saying, well, you know, I can't pay you a bunch because we got to make this cheap garbage, but I want it made in the U.S. Well, that's why garbage isn't made in the U.S. That's why it's made other places because the quality level's lower or maybe they get paid a little bit lower. So that's just an aside. You want to make things in the U.S.? Badass. Make it worthy of being made in the U.S. and provide good jobs. So just a little thing. And then seeing a massive push in an overall strategy for sustainability and not kind of in that goofy, like we're not going to give you a plastic straw sense, but in like a sustainability from this is how we can have business continuity in issues and this is how we can actually put our actions in alignment with our verbal intent. Like we can speak the truth and say, hey, we want to plant trees. We're planting trees, right? Hey, we have this wood desk product. This is So this desk is made from acacia wood. It's actually uh, from old railroad ties. So that's pretty sustainable. But acacia is a fast growth wood, right? So you, you look at it and say, oh, yeah, bamboo products got pretty popular for a while. Like what are sustainable materials? Like aluminum is highly recycled, fairly sustainable product. It's also a one-time purchase product. Maybe it will last for the rest of your life. So that's more sustainable. There's a lot of push to making products that fit a narrative or a mission. And again, I, I hate, I hate it when they take my straw away and replace it with a paper straw. Cause you know that it's just trash still had a plastic wrapper paper straw immediately no good and just garbage and it's not like any better it's not better for you it's not really better uh in any sense and um they just just do it because it's it sounds good and i hate that uh but the overall push towards things that are natural things that are sustainable the things that actually facilitate a social good, a mission, right? They create uh, a quality, like they support veteran jobs. They do something real for the world. That idea is, is definitely here to stay, right? And that is a current trend. And my personal opinion is that entrepreneurs are the most perfectly positioned to impact their community and impact the world because you get to choose. If you're into that thing, you get to choose your mission over the profits. You get to choose the narrative of your why you're doing something. And those are overarching themes. They can become more than just something that you say, but there's something that you do and something that you support. And as far as product trends not in a niche, I think that's always a good strategy. Just like I always think that the avatar strategy of you 10 years ago, you today, and maybe you tomorrow is a fantastic place to start. I think that actually caring about something and caring about your customers is a fantastic strategy as well. So uh, 
beyond that, I want to leave you with one little piece is, and this is a product trend or it's a business trend that I see bubbling up. I see, I saw it bubbling up in 2020 and I see it exploding in 2021. And we've talked about influencers selling products in the past. We'll probably go pretty deep into that because behind the scenes, your boy Callie's working on a couple of really interesting things with, um, with people. But I want to talk about services and how service companies can scale their business and create additional streams of revenue with products. And I see this trend going. And we're going to talk about that on a future episode. But that is a big trend. It's a big trend because services, and I don't care if you're a painter or you're a plumber, I don't care if you're a photographer, whatever it is, you're a butts and seats business, right? There's only so much you can charge and there's only so much you can scale because it's a time for money equation. But products are scalable because it's a, it works on a different set of mathematics, right? You personally can set up a website or a funnel, an email sequence, an ad campaign, and you can sell that product. You can sell it to your existing customers, right? You can sell it and recurring and you can grow, you can grow uh, your business, right? With aside from time, divorced from your personal time. So, Definitely seeing a push to that. I'm talking to people every week about this. We're brainstorming what kind of product would help your customer or what kind of product represents your brand. Come up with some really, really interesting things, but keep an eye out for that. You're definitely going to see that a lot more in 2021, but I'll leave you with that. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget that review, but my name is Callie Keen. This is End Hype. Thank you for listening to the End Hype Podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world. End Hype.